Podcast Studios. This is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. What's going on? Happy Tuesday. We are almost halfway through a short work week. Friday is Canada Day. For our American listeners, you get a long weekend as well because the 4th of July is coming up. This is a great time of year. Woo! I agree. This is a great time of year. I love it. I love it. Making summer plans, seeing the good weather, seeing people again. Love it. We have so much to do in this episode of After 9. Coming up, I know that this is a sad story and a sensitive subject, and and I know what we've always been told. Don't judge until you know the whole story. But I feel like people are judging anyway. Uh, That 23-month-old baby that was left in a hot car last week is in the news, and we will get to that coming up on After 9. We're going to talk a little bit about the Freedom Convoy, too. Tamara Leach is back in jail, and and I'm really not sure why. And I also want to get to uh, Canada Customs. Hey, Canada Customs has entered the chat, and they say the reason that we're waiting at the airport is because of the federal government's summer action plan. They call it poorly planned and a half measure with no long-term solutions. But before we get to that Mm -hmm. and a couple other great stories, uh, I never know how to say her name. Is it Ghislaine Maxwell? Ghislaine? She gets sentenced today in New York, and her sentence may even be down by the time we're done recording this episode. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about the monarchy because the queen's... Well, actually, it's not the queen that's in the news. It's pretty much Charles that's in the news, and he doesn't even get mentioned in the story. But I'll explain why coming up. First off, one of the things that we get asked about all the time is, guys, is there any way you can do more Doug in the podcast? Because it's been so long. I haven't heard anything about Doug. And, and believe me, I feel that. I know it. I love the Doug stuff. But the problem is, Doug has been MIA for a long time. Imagine going an entire campaign and no news conferences that we can have fun with. Well, he's back, baby, and I'm ready for it. Let's go. Was it good? Yesterday, he did a news conference with John Tory. And okay. one of the first questions that came out was a question that maybe you yourself were wondering about everyone. Doug appointed... Mm-hmm. his 28-year-old nephew to cabinet. Which we figured was going to happen. That was the rumor. Yeah. And he just got elected on June 2nd. It's his first run in provincial politics, and he's a cabinet minister. And there's some people who are saying, oh, that's bullshit. Oh, the nepotism. Fuck you, Doug. Well, let's hear a little bit of Doug, because he did get asked a pointed question about that yesterday. Your first time we've had a chance to talk since your cabinet announcement on Friday. I know a few people were wondering about you appointing your nephew to the to be Minister of Multiculturalism. A few uh, people. He has no experience at Queen's Park. <laughs> and so is there nobody else in your cabinet that would better fill that role for Minister of Multiculturalism? It's such a leading question from Richard. Was there no one else in the cabinet that could have done better? Well, how the fuck does he know? Most of these people are first-time MPPs. Yeah, that's a weird way to phrase the question. You can go ahead and say a few people, which that's also horseshit, but like, just say people are wondering, is this fair? Do you find this fair, right? Well, Michael Michael has extensive experience. He's been elected democratically uh, four times now, uh, two years as school trustee, eight years as a city councillor, and then he just won the seat in York Southwestern uh, that we haven't won in 71 years. And let me just point out about the multiculturalism uh, side. Uh, Tobacco North, as, as the mayor knows, is probably one of the most multicultural areas in, in the entire uh, province. 
Uh, we, we've worked very, very closely, not only Michael has over the last 10 years of his career, but myself and obviously uh, my brother Rob. Uh, I think he'll do an extremely good job. He has a lot of knowledge uh, and he's uh, been an elected official probably uh, longer than uh, more than 60% of our, our caucus, but uh, who worked with him for quite some time and, and uh, he thinks the world of the, the mayor. I'll, I'll pass it over to the uh, mayor on, on Michael as well. You know, we don't need to hear from John Tory on this no. one, but what Doug said is absolutely right. He's right. This is a guy who has been a city councillor in the biggest jurisdiction in the country twice. Is it twice or once? I don't know. Either way, Doug was ready for that question. Listen, when you're in this team sport called politics, when you are getting your getting a knife stuck in your back every time you turn around that's how politics works in this country and in this province you need some allies i don't blame doug for bringing his his nephew in for that why would i uh, michael ford has been a fine counselor i don't know what he did as a school board trustee or why he even wanted that position but nonetheless he did it and he did it fine so i don't know why people are upset about this good on doug for appointing someone who is qualified he does uh or he has done a good job and he's someone who works with people from the other party and who knows maybe he is perfect for it and just because your family with someone maybe it's one of those things where you have to prove yourself right that's happens in a lot of cases in a lot of jobs like hey i've hired my you know, whatever, you name it, brother, sister, cousin. Some people think it's wrong. It's not okay, but maybe they really are truly best suited for the job. But it's about proving yourself at this point, right? And that's all That's all he has to do. If, he's, if people are unfamiliar with his work and they're not sure he's going to be good at this, at this point, that's all you can do, I suppose, right? Nothing that he did was illegal. You know what I mean? Like the people who are like screaming at the top of their lungs, keep in mind, none of what he did, that being Doug Ford, I mean, is illegal. He can do that. Just a little bit more of yesterday's news conference, just because I could listen to this shit all day long. So this one's uh, for both of you. Do you think that the person standing next to you is doing enough to address the housing crisis in Ontario? What else can they be doing? I believe uh, Mayor Tory's done everything in his power. Do we have to improve the province and all municipalities? 100%. I always believe in continuous improvement, and there's always ways of, of driving efficiencies. I'll, I'll give you one example. Out in Ajax, when we built the long-term care home and over in Mississauga, uh, isn't it amazing from the time they put the shovels on the ground, from the time people are moving in, was approximately 11 months, uh, six or seven-story building, 320 units. Uh, that's cooperation. And if we can do it for long-term care uh, there, also in Mississauga and over by uh, uh, 400 and, and Finch there, uh, we can do it in other areas too. It, if, you know, as long as there's the will, uh, I'm very confident uh, we we can get it done. But there are things that we have to uh, focus on. The, the the task force came up with the record. He's pretty subdued, isn't he? He seems very tired, yeah. almost. Yeah, chill, <laughs> tired. I'm not sure what it is, but okay. I'm here for it, and he's right. I think the solution to the housing crisis, he just answered it. We just need to put everybody into long-term care, and then the whole province will have somewhere to live. (laughs) (laughs) There are some spots have freed up in the last couple of years. We can stick 300 old people in a unit uh, in 11 months, so fuck it. That's how we're going to solve the problem. Honestly. There used to be a a crisis there, too. There's not anymore, so you're okay there. (laughs) 
sad and terrible as that is. Uh, One red flag that came up in yesterday was the premier was asked when they're going to make the second booster available to people under 50 years old. For the life of me, I can't figure out why anyone who's not immunocompromised and under 50 years old would want a second booster. But anyway, uh, he said the health minister, Sylvia Jones, is going to have some information on that coming soon. Why are we complicating things when it comes to the shots? I know we're probably not, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I'm just saying, why are we complicating things, saying, calling it a second booster? I understand like, it was like the ingredients, if you will, um, for those non-medical people like myself are different, right? Is that why? Like, but why are we, why aren't we just saying your fault, your, your yearly shot or at this point, right? Or your bi-yearly shot. Why are we calling it a second booster? Because I feel like people are just confused at this point. And uh, some of the older people, in fact, are probably confused with what they do have and don't have. Oh, see, I find old people are dialed in on this. It's funny because I'm still hearing a lot of a, a lot of people that are know what's coming in the fall, and there's every reason to believe that there's probably going to be a COVID problem again in the fall, and they're gearing up for it, and they're starting the shot shaming again and all that shit. Yeah, and, and I'm thinking to myself, why? why? Why do we have to do this? You know? But then it occurred to me, a lot of the people who write these editorials and who do these newscasts and host these programs are... Old white people, and, and they're the ones who seem to get hit the hardest by COVID. So maybe they, in particular, are scared. But as much as I agree with you, we should separate it. The second booster is the fourth shot. Mm-hmm. When they say second booster, it's the fourth mm-hmm. needle in your arm. Uh, as much as they want to separate that or, or just call it the latest shot, maybe we should also separate it by demographics, too, because there's a lot of people who have absolutely no interest in that, especially when Trudeau's already implying that there's going to be mandates attached to it it's going to be a hell of a mess come this fall Mm -hmm. and they still haven't even addressed the school issue is dr moore going to require it for kids to go back to school a shot because if they if he does oh yeah i mean that cost stephen del duca the election did hands down flat out the biggest thing that cost stephen del duca that election the biggest mistake he made was coming out and saying he's going to mandate it for students. He rolled the dice and thought, oh, everybody supports it. We've got 90% vaccinated, so everybody will support this. No, they won't, fucker. (laughs) Especially when it comes to a mama bear or papa bear protecting their kids. They don't want to hear that shit, and and I I think Doug's very smart to just punt that football as far down the line as he possibly can. Mm -hmm. Either way, though, it's refreshing to hear Doug's back again, and he's building shit. And I love it. He's dug in a hard hat. There's nothing like it. No, they put that vest on him that doesn't really fit. It's amazing nobody has looked at the pictures and said, we should get him a bigger vest. Or maybe have one tailored. You know, a hat that fits his head properly. That sort of shit. Either way, Doug's back, baby. And I'm here for it. (laughs) Doug the Builder's back. (laughs) We did it. We did it. Uh, Okay, let's go to... uh, Sad story. A 23-month-old boy, not even two years old, died after being accidentally left inside a hot car outside a school in Bancroft, Ontario. The mayor of Bancroft apparently has known the family for 30 years. He says that young Everett Smith died on Thursday in the parking lot of a high school where his mother is a teacher. Jenkins says the mother intended to drop her child off at daycare in the morning, but accidentally left him in the car where he was found later that day. OPP responded around 3.45 p.m. They tried to perform CPR. The child was found with no vital signs. Mm. I'm not even going to pretend to understand how this happens. I, I don't even know how many things have to go wrong for that kid to be dead right now. Mm-hmm. 
I'm confused as well. It confuses me. I I understand that life gets crazy and, it, and exhaustion kicks in for people and this and that and the next thing. Okay, so I understand all those factors. I'm a busy person too. I got to get kids from this place to that place or whatever. I just, I every time I hear these stories, I just, I don't understand. And I know I'm not alone. I don't understand how it can happen that you can forget your child is in the car even if you're outside of a routine that you're used to, because that's one thing that we hear of, right? And I I remember a story about, I believe it was twins. There was a father who wasn't used to doing the drop-off duty, got in the zone, maybe was distracted by emails he was checking or who knows. I don't remember the details, so I'm not going to venture, I guess. Got to his work with the twins still in the back seat and same same outcome here. Hmm. I don't understand. I just don't understand for many different reasons. It's not just how you can do that. Yes, I don't understand that. That's correct. I still don't know. You can give me all those arguments of, oh, tired, distracted, not used to routine. Give me all of them you want. The way where I'm sitting, I still don't get it. You can go ahead and tack other things on that don't make sense for me, including, okay, so the child was supposed to be in childcare. That was supposed to be the case most centers that I know of, and I'm not sure where the child care was located, would contact that person if the child didn't arrive. I know mine would. I know mine knows exactly when my kid's supposed to be there and I'll get a message without a doubt, less than an hour probably from when that kid was supposed to be there saying, hey, you know, blank didn't show up for school even or blank didn't show up for child care. Is everything good? I think most child care centers are set up to do that. Well, that's what I was wondering about, because I know that with schools, if your kid is late and you haven't phoned in the attendance report, then they'll start calling. And if they can't get a hold of you, Mm -hmm. they will call the police. That's school's job. If they're expecting the kid and the kid doesn't arrive and they have no idea where the kid is, they will investigate further. Does it work that way with daycare as well? I don't know what the actual protocol is. And that's a great question that I can ask our our child care provider. Um, I'll ask about that, what the protocol is. But I can tell you even knowing the the classroom teachers in mind that they would reach out to me. I mean, everything's usually paired up with an app or some form of communication that's easy. Even the um, those who run uh, child care centers from home, I'm sure, no doubt in my mind, they'd be like, hey, you know, little Bobby's supposed to be here today. Just check in. You got to just check in. Because it's not about getting paid or not. They're getting paid regardless. It's about, hey, just want to make sure. Is everything okay? I'm not trying to pass blame on the childcare, but it's just, for me, all these little things aren't adding up. How can you go your entire day? We're not talking about a couple hours, which, by the way, who knows when this child, that's the autopsy is being done. Who knows when this child actually passed? It could have been two, three hours in, depending on how hot the car was. It doesn't matter. What matters to me is like thinking about the fact that all day, the child was found at three o'clock in the afternoon or so, right? Mm-hmm. 345 is when police were called or when they arrived. So I'm assuming uh, the teacher went in, did their job. And I don't know if it was the teacher herself who discovered her kid and started screaming for help, or if it was another staff member that discovered the baby in the back of the car. I don't know how it worked, but uh, when police arrived, they said the kid was already gone when they got there. It's like, I can't, I can't even imagine. I can't, uh, it doesn't add up to me. That's all it is. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to go my entire day without thinking about my kid. And that would definitely pop into my head. Like I had my kid with me this morning. Oh, what happened there? I don't remember. I don't recall dropping them off. Maybe I should check my car all day. I just, I, I know what happens. This is not the first time this has happened and it blows my mind. I just, there's nothing you could tell me to make me go, oh, that's how it happens. Cool, cool, cool. It's not cool.
It's not cool. I don't. It's not good. Somebody texted into our radio show today and said, how is it possible they drove all the way from home to work and didn't look in their rear view mirror once? And I thought about it and thought, you know what? I look in my rear view probably every 10, 20, 30 seconds, however often it is we do it when we're driving. But I don't look in the back seat. I look at the cars and the traffic and the lanes behind me. I'm not looking in the back seat, so I don't know that mom would have been tipped up by looking in the mirror that, oh, yeah, the kid's back there. I'm not sure that would have happened if the kid was asleep or just being extra quiet or listening to music, watching a show, whatever it was. Maybe mom really didn't know that they were there. I just don't know how you go more than a minute, two minutes without realizing how you don't look in the back of your car when you get out. And I'm thinking back to all the automakers when this first started to become an issue several years ago said that they were going to start installing features so that this was almost impossible. I know that with Hyundai, because I took a test drive of one of them recently, mm-hmm. with Hyundai, they've got sensors. And if there's anything in the back seat, you get the beep, beep, beep when you close your door or when you open your door to get out. And it'll remind you, hey, check the back. Maybe that could have saved a life in this case, but I don't know what kind of car she had or what options were there. Yeah. But God damn it, do I ever feel sad for this kid? I, Imagine what the, that kid's yeah. final moments were like. Yeah. Don't, that's the part that breaks my absolutely breaks my heart. He's on, he's on, he was almost two. He yeah. was almost two years old. We're not talking about an infant. We're talking about the child has some awareness at that stage. The child has some awareness that mom left the car. Where's mom? It's getting hot in here, right? Mm-hmm. Where's mom? Who knows how long he was crying? Who knows how long he was passed out for? I just, oh, is it the kind of shit that makes me want to just go walk around to parking lots? And honestly, I would be happy to spend hours in the heat just checking cars just in case because this kind of shit scares the shit out of me i don't like it uh what else is going on today 46 people found dead in and near the tractor trailer a a tractor trailer on a remote back road in southwest san antonio texas another 16 people are in hospital wow this is a human smuggling situation where Mm. people who are in their most desperate state dying to get to a better life for themselves and their families in America. And they've heard that it's possible if you go to like roughly this place in Mexico, the river's small enough that you can get across it. And once you get to America, there's a chance they'll let you stay. In this case, these are people who likely paid a human smuggler to get them across the border. And they got locked in the truck they were put in to get them across the border. No air conditioning, nothing. 46 dead people trying to cross the border into America. It is remarkable to me. And the governor of Texas, by the way, is already out saying, don't even think about looking at us. This is 100% on Joe Biden and on his current border policy. You'll probably recall the policy before they got widely criticized when Donald Trump was in office was the border's closed, don't come. You can't apply from America. You must apply from the country you're in. And, and if you have a legitimate refugee claim, of course, that'll be entertained like a refugee claim is. If you just want to cross the border for a, a better life and take your chances in America, mm-mm-mm. you have to stay on that side. Because if you come to this side and we catch you, you're not getting in. And I know that some people felt that policy was a little inhumane, that they were rounding people up and throwing them in detention centers. But wasn't that more of a deterrent to keep people from coming to the border? Because it seems like that's the problem. There's way too many people taking their chances crossing and they're dying trying to get across the border into America. 
They have to solve this problem. I mean, holy shit, we share a border with America and we don't have this same problem. This is a problem unique to their southern border and people coming from all over the Caribbean and South America via Mexico to get into the States. So it was found it was found in San Antonio, Texas, correct? Correct. And was this a truck that was pulled over or did the, was it abandoned? I believe it was abandoned. At what point were they in the states and not realized like we're free and clear and in the states or did they, were they basically dragged across half dead, half of them dead kind of thing? See that like, I'm I, curious how that went how that went down because you'd figure the second you cross the border, you get past the guards or however you made it. I don't know how a transport truck makes it through okay. However you made it, Go, be free. But it's quite possible, I, I understand, that those people were almost gone Maybe by they the were, time they crossed. It depends what they paid for. I mean, with those human smugglers, they'll take you just about anywhere, and they're running a risk because they're committing a serious crime. Sure, yeah. So they charge a premium price here, but if they can get you into the States, maybe the deal is, I don't just want over the border where I'm going to get caught and sent to a detention center and eventually deported back to my home country. Get me somewhere away from the border. Get me into, I don't know, the Midwest. Get me into the southern states. Get me into New York. Maybe that was the plan for these people. I'm really not sure, and I'm sure that it won't take long for them to figure out what the plan here was. But either way, 46 dead people. This is a tragedy, again, with people just trying to find a better life. And I don't understand why the border is still creating deaths in America, the southern border, because it's not supposed to work like that. And it wouldn't work like that if they had a functional system. If there's just too many people applying to get in, then you've got to solve that problem, too. But you can't just leave people to die in the river trying to cross or getting eaten by a fucking alligator Mm -hmm. or dying in the back of a truck that's sweltering at 42 degrees Celsius in the sun. It's horrible. It's terrible. Uh, The oh. Do we have any good stories? Anything? <laughs> oh, I'll get to those. Don't oh, good, worry. Good, Don't good, worry. Good. I was Don't just worry, running guys. through some of the news stories I, here. And there, it, it is one of those things. It was, what are those days? It's just like disappointing shit today. Okay, then I'll do these next two quickly. The union representing Canada's customs agents says the federal government's summer action plan to deal with long lineups at airports amounts to a poorly planned half measure with no long-term solutions. Okay, guys. I know that there's some people who just want to believe that the government is doing their best and the government's basic functions is offering basic services, immigration, travel, uh, that sort of stuff. Transportation is what I wanted to say. Well, now Canada Customs and Immigration is joining the entire aviation industry in saying it's staffing shortages. Forget the spin that you're getting from the government Forget when the government said it was your fault because you were out of practice from traveling. It's not it at all. It's all staff shortages. The Canada Border Service Agency says they have uh, they're hiring more and they are trying to get more staff back on the job. But all of this goes back to all those people that we laid off. And some of them have come back since we dropped the mandate. It's great that we dropped the mandate. But this is what happens when you put those mandates in place in the first place. Uh, more automated kiosks have also been activated at Pearson Airport in the customs area when what it really needs to do is hire, they say, between 1,000 and 3,000 more border officers. That's a lot. You know, the government's just flat out spinning and lying, and it's not right because if there's a problem, we should know what the problem is, and then we can work together. Now they've appointed a panel of, what, 12 
12 cabinet ministers to all focus on the issues that are really plaguing Canadians, like passports and, and airports. And this is the job of the minister in each one of those portfolios. We shouldn't be fucking around like this. It's just incompetence when they can't do the basics. And it's bad that not everybody sees that. Canada Day is coming up on Friday, and there's going to be a protest in Ottawa. I, I think it's some of the same people that were involved in the Freedom Convoy in the fall. Because that's happening, I guess they're worried that it's going to turn into another occupation. And somehow, Tamara Leach from the original convoy got rearrested. They issued a Canada-wide warrant for Tamara Leach because they're accusing her of violating her bail conditions. Among those bail conditions was she was not to support anything related to the Freedom Convoy, and she must stay off social media. So I don't know what they're saying she did, but... There's a lot of people that violate their bail conditions every single day, and nobody's out there looking for them. But this girl, whatever it was she did, and I'm assuming it was fairly low profile, but whatever it was she did, she's already had a Canada-wide warrant issued for her. They're arresting her and ex- what would they, what's the word for that again? They're going to ex- expedite? Ex- no, you're close. Anyway, I'll think know. of it when I haven't done a four-hour radio Something show right like before. That. They're going to extradite her there to Ottawa. <laughs> expedite, extradite. They're going to extradite her to Ottawa to Extra face a judge strike. again. Yeah. She can end up back in jail. And, and as you yeah, should, right. if you're given bail conditions and you violate your bail conditions, you should absolutely go to jail. I'm just saying there's a lot of people violating their bail conditions and it seems like nobody gives a shit. Here, they're going to... They're going to send Ottawa police or probably Mounties out to Alberta and then fly this girl back to Ottawa to go in front of a judge to answer for this. And what I'm trying to figure out is, are they just trying to send a message to the protesters coming this weekend that if you get involved in this, we'll fuck you for the rest of your life? Or did she actually do something wrong? Is this intimidation? Were they given bad information? I don't know. But that's not something I would expect to see a Canada-wide warrant issued for. We don't even do that for gun crimes in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. So we'll wait and see what happens there. Finally, Ghislaine Maxwell is being sentenced in a New York court today. She is the former executive assistant to the now late Jeffrey Epstein, who was accused of sexually abusing underage girls. This morning's sentencing in New York is the culmination of a prosecution that detailed how Epstein and Maxwell flaunted their riches and links with prominent people to groom vulnerable girls and exploit them. Maxwell denies abusing anyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's always uh, three sides to a story, right? I'm sure there is. Uh, With her, though, why can't we know the names? We know what Epstein did. We know that Epstein was a piece of shit who used a lot of money and influence to attract a lot of other people with money and influence. And to get them in his inner circle, he would invite them to, say, for example, his private island. And at the private island, part of the entertainment was he had recruited a whole bunch of underage girls that would do anything from give you a massage to perform sexual services. This is part of what brought down Prince Andrew. There are a lot of people that believe some of the richest and most influential people in the world were involved in this. And what I want to know is if Ghislaine knows and Epstein mysteriously died in jail, I mean, everybody sees the red flag there. Sure. Anybody who says there's no red flag. Oh yeah. It was, it was probably just a regular coincidence. Fuck off. You know, that's not true. You know, that's not true. 
So Ghislaine's the last word that we've got. And you know, as an executive assistant to a multimillionaire, maybe even a billionaire, she kept records. Why can't we know who else was going there? All we know is rumors. Rumors of Prince Andrew, rumors of Bill Clinton, rumors of Bill Gates, rumors, rumors, rumors. Why can't we know the names? This is in the public interest for us to know what was going on here. Why can they not tell us? Yeah, I'm not sure how. how Who are they protecting? Well, I'm not sure. Well, this is part of the conspiracy, right? You could you could read up on all these different conspiracies. And when it comes to these a list, let's say, apparently they never existed in terms of anything on a it's not like it's on a hard drive somewhere. They found ways to make it secure for those who did want to take part to feel secure about it. Like if shit hits the fan, your name will not be brought up. And I do believe that this woman knows, of course. And I do believe that she'll probably not say a word unless they throw enough at her to make her want to. I don't see that happening. And all of those names that may be on lists, like you said, there's there's varying degrees of of celebrities and what they were expecting or thought. Apparently, there's also celebrities that are a part of this that truly didn't know about this portion of it. That took him up on island just for status. That took him up on staying there just for status or a boat or whatever the fuck else he gave them or offered to them as a friend and truly didn't know. So would you want their names to be mixed with someone who definitely did know and definitely did take part in these illegal activities? I mean... If I'd like to know who was nothing? going and, and, and sexually interfering with underage yeah, girls. Uh, That's what I want to know. Uh, Not the people who went but didn't know, yeah. but didn't do anything. Who was going there regularly to try and, and have sex with underage Should women? Should we just go old school here and like fuck the legal system as usual because it's a sh- piece of shit and just like torture the shit out of her until she tells us? <laughs> I think she wants to talk. I think she does. And I think that's probably part of her defense. But the court wouldn't let that information come out. And I don't understand why. Who is the court protecting here? Uh, This is the this is and we go in circles, don't we? Who is the court protecting? I know I could tell you. I mean, not actually factually, but I could tell you that, of course, they're protecting some people of their own. Of course they are. I tend to think that she will likely die in jail. She's likely going to get sent to jail for a very long time and she will die in jail. And I, uh, I don't know if there's any other way for us to ever find out that information unless we get it from her. Mm-hmm. Has she given the information in like a deposition or something that's just still sealed? What's going yeah, on there? We don't know. But you know what, though? I mean, if let's say, for example, and this is a hypothetical, let's say former President Bill Clinton is at the center of a lot of rumors involving Jeffrey Epstein. What if they're true? What if a former president of the United States or soon to be president of the United States, depending on how far back this goes, what if a sitting president of the United States participated in this? Does the public seriously not have a right to know that? Seriously? Okay, maybe it's not him. Maybe it's Bill Gates. Maybe it's any of the other names that are attached to this. Prominent, wealthy individuals. A crime was committed here. Epstein was convicted of it. Why do we not get to know that? I, I don't understand. That's that's a very serious thing. I, I'm not sure why it's going down like this, but the court seems to understand that there's a lot of people who are very skeptical about what's going on here, and they don't want to offer anything to try and ease the public's mind, which makes me think even more something sinister has gone on here, and I'd really like more information on what that was. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anyone else on earth besides, well, Epstein's no longer on earth. But what about Maxwell? Did she ever tell anybody anything? Are we going to find out after she goes to jail and they've thrown away the key and there's a gag order in place for God knows how many years? 
Are we going to find out? You know what? She told her Starbucks barista everything. She told the pilot on their private jet everything. Who? Somebody else has got to know. The people involved know. The people involved know. You know what I mean? And then the people involved. But they might not know everybody. No, but at least they'll know. Or maybe they told somebody. You never know. Yeah. And then they're going to know. Are they afraid to talk? I'm sure they are. Epstein died in In jail. jail. (laughs) Yeah. Like, of course they're afraid. Of course they're afraid. They're afraid of everything. Even like I said, even if you took him up on an offer of any kind, and let's say you were not involved in that at all. You were Chrissy Teigen and John Legend who took him up on an offer to stay at the island for a weekend and truly didn't know. Just I'm throwing out random things here. Your name on and let's say you found out something and you know a name, your name near that not associated at all is not good for you. So you're saying nothing. But see, I do see a distinction there. If you were just someone, because he was trying to get to create more influence. The first time he had everybody there, they probably didn't understand what was going on until they got there. So maybe some people got there and, and they got right into this. Maybe other people were upset that that's what was going on. Maybe some people were never even offered that option. But Epstein wanted the most influential and wealthy people there. Yep. So for the people who did go and did know and did take part and then resumed going yeah. to take part in the future, those are people where I don't understand why any law would protect them. Unless it's just to protect the victims. But nearest I can tell, a lot of these victims are on this side. They want justice to be done. Then why don't they name names? I don't know that they can. Or if the court has ordered that they can't. This is, uh, see, this is I, I'm really weird. not sure. Was there a weird set of NDAs? Either way, it's bizarre that that many rich and influential people went and nobody's saying a word. Nobody. Yeah, it is bizarre. All those factors we just mentioned and nothing. Let's uh, switch gears here, get to a couple other things before we have to cut for time on this one. Um, (laughs) You're on an airplane. You're just watching the the screen. Maybe you're waiting for the cart to come down the aisle or for somebody to get back from the bathroom. And then, beep, beep. Oh, look at that. I got an airdrop. Who'd airdrop me on the plane? I don't know anybody here. I'll accept this airdrop. And then it's a picture of an old man's dick (laughs) why did i accept that airdrop that's what happened it was a flight from detroit to denver on saturday the man's name is larry he's an older gentleman they figure in his late 60s or early 70s a woman told the story online she called him out and told a flight attendant hey that old dude over there just sent me a Picture of his pecker. (laughs) She was in his row, but across the aisle and a few seats away. She was one of the unfortunate people who did accept the airdrop. Oh, no. And, of course, saw the picture. Yeah, you can't unsee it. So the flight attendant comes over and she's like, yeah, yeah, what's up? What, do you need a drink? Do you want some more nuts or one of those shitty cookies? (laughs) No more nuts. God, no. I've seen enough. (laughs) (laughs) And she tells somebody on the plane here just airdropped me a picture of their dick. (laughs) I wish that's exactly what she said. That would be so good. <laughs> hey, somebody just airdrop. Whose dick is this? Seriously, right? But I mean, when I haven't seen the picture of the dick, and I'm glad that I haven't seen the picture of it. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> but when you see a picture of the guy, that. the accused, the Larry, you can definitely figure out who sent that picture. You know, if I looked around and I had to pick whose dick that was, 
Yeah, this guy right here. <laughs> that looks like he just looks stick. like a, a dick clicker. Oh, yeah, face matches a dick sometimes. It's absolutely true. The flight attendant went over and asked Larry, are you the one who sent that photo? He freely admitted he did it. Hmm. So wh- why, though? Why would you send that picture? Airdrop it to the whole fucking plane. He said, and I quote, just having a little fun. Oh, Larry. Is that fun like, like, is to he, take a picture uh, of your penis and airdrop it to everybody that's close enough? No, I mean, at boredom. As, you know, I understand. You, it takes a long time now. Get to the airport, take your time, and you're w- playing the waiting game, and you're standing in line, you sit on the plane, and maybe you're like, I'm bored. What do I do? Sending pictures of your dick, not recommended. Have you ever been bored and thought, I'm going to bomb everybody around me with a picture of my vagina? You've never done that. Okay. Did he take the picture on the flight or did he like have it in his repertoire there? Oh, so that's a good question. Fling through his photos and be like, you know what? I'm bored. Let me peruse these dick pics and see which one I should send to everybody right now. So as I see it, there's only a couple ways this happens. He either had the picture on his phone from a previous photo shoot. Or he excused himself and went to the bathroom. Now, that's a tricky one because there's not a lot of places in an airplane bathroom where you're going to get good lighting or a good angle where you're not going to see some sort of a weird sign or that gross toilet in the in the photo. <laughs> so I'm thinking he must have like unzipped right there on the plane. Maybe he used one of the gross blankets and pulled that over his lap. Oh, but no. he took a full blown pecker picture and sent it out to everybody. Now, police were waiting to escort him off the plane as soon as it landed. We don't know what kind of charges he's facing, but again, he admitted he did it. The evidence is all through the air on that plane. You can't just randomly snap pictures of your peen and send them out. Would it be different? Would we forgive Larry if the truth was, oh, no, in my defense, I didn't know what I, I didn't understand what airdrop meant. I meant to send that to my girlfriend or my boyfriend or something like that. Would that have been different? Do you think that the flight crew or whoever talked to Larry would have been like, oh, he's just a confused older gentleman and let it slide? Like, I feel like that should have been your defense, Larry. But you went ahead and said it was you on purpose because you were just having fun. Have you ever airdropped something? I have airdrop stuff before. You have to select I, each individual person. I, I mean, this must have taken on. him a while. Oh, it takes a long time. There's a lot. Of, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of effort that goes into airdropping to the point where I usually just tell someone, just text it to me because <laughs> my airdrop is off sometimes because you can keep it on or, or to put it off. It's up to you. Mine's off all the time. Just in case someone tries to send a dick pic. You never know. No, but mine is really truly is off. So if you're going to send me something like, okay, great. I'll turn my airdrop on. Yep. Got it. But I keep it off at all times. Maybe for this kind of reason. I have airdrop set to only accept airdrops. It has to prompt me and I have to accept it manually, but only from people in my contacts. That's That's probably a safe safe way to do it. I don't know. Dave gets crazy sometimes. You just be careful. You know, if anybody here was going to do it, it'd be Dave. (laughs) But he's smart enough to come up with a good accident. Like, oh, shit. I, I'm that's no, no, that's my big toe. It's not my penis. Like he'd, he'd have a good cover. I feel like he would. (laughs) <laughs> no, wait, I mean my toe. I mean, I'm bigger than that. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> What's bigger than my toe? It was my thumb, my thumb. <laughs> my thumb, my thumb. No, wait, no. <laughs> Family in Idaho shaken to find the roof of their house gone after a big screw up by a contractor that they never hired. Jessica lives in Spirit Lake, Idaho. 
She says her and her daughter came home from school to see people removing their roof on June the 1st. The house has now been roofless ever since. She says it's a nightmare. It's absolutely the worst thing I could have imagined. A contractor for DR Roofing LLC went to the wrong address for a roof removal. The only explanation left behind was a letter from the contractor which read, Due to miscommunication, I was given the wrong address to do some roof work. After I did some tear-off, I was informed that this is the wrong house. (laughs) I deeply apologize for the inconvenience. Well, he deeply apologizes, so that sounds sincere. He's probably good, right? Oh, and the holy shit, seriously, does this happen? Before you start work like that, too, and maybe I'm wrong. Like, I'm just trying to think. So I've had my roof done. How deep are we going here? Are we just talking about, like, the roof, like when you're redoing your roof? No, no. Or you're talking about the whole physical roof coming off. Yeah, most of us, when we think of getting our roof done, it's they take the old shingles off and put new shingles and flashing on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they took the roof off the house. First of all, who's doing that anyway? And I guess I suppose someone who's adding a floor? Is that why, why why the person was doing it in the first place that actually ordered it? I believe, well, there was nothing wrong with the roof at the house that they took the roof off of. They were going to a house that was uh, in a lot less well-kept, and, and they were taking the roof off yeah. as part of an eventual demolition. So you think that would have been a red flag for the guy? Like, hey, this is a perfectly good roof. Oh, well, fuck it. I'll destroy it. Like, I've done this a long time, but no, nothing's fishy here. I don't, and I'm saying one person, There's, a, I assume there's a team to take a roof off. So this is on a lot of people. Let me ask you a similar question that's going to bring us right back to this point. Have you ever been like waiting for, uh, I don't know, dominoes to arrive? And then the Domino's car goes to the house across the street and you're thinking, yeah. fuck you, that's my pizza. Absolutely. Well, sometimes those people did order a pizza or sometimes they went to the wrong address. Either way, you'd probably speak up and say something if your neighbor got a pizza, you never got the pizza you ordered. In this case, if you were expecting the demo crew to come and take your roof off and they didn't come. But wait a second, they're taking a roof off of that house across the street. What are the odds? Does that not make you wonder, should I go over and talk to those guys? You know, it seems a little fishy here. Like nothing, like exactly, no indication. So, okay, first of all, people got fired over this, right? No, as far as I know, no. So who, this was a simple mistake. Is it clerical error? Like, clerical oh, I meant error. to send a 23 and you got sent to 26. What? As far as I know, nobody got fired. Now, they were kind enough to tarp it off. <laughs> oh, jeez, that's terrible. But the tarp has been leaking, and now there's damage to the flooring, the interior, the drywall, and more. That's due in part to recent rainstorms in the region. Even the carpet is ruined. They estimate to redo it. It's a metal roof, by the way. To redo it. Oh, my gosh. Will cost $70,000. Oh, my gosh. The contractor's insurance has a provision that it's an exclusion for property damage arising out of an open roof condition. Is there no insurance for, that was the wrong fucking house. (laughs) Nobody should need that insurance. No insurance policy for that? Like, oh, crap, we took the wrong roof off. Just a whoops-a-daisy policy? Yeah, I... uh... I am baffled. I feel bad for this family or these people that live there. Like, that's terrible. They just want a roof. And that's the thing, right? Kids, as long as we got a roof over our heads, we're fine. (laughs) Well, now you're fucked. Now you're really done. Raise the roof. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Uh, Last question. You're driving to work and you realize, shit, 
I forgot my phone. How far do you have to go before it's not worth it to turn around and go back and get it? Yeah, for me, I mean, I have turned around to go back and get it before. And usually for me, ah, if I have to put a time on it, I'm going to say like, as long as I haven't traveled more than like 15 minutes, I'm going to put 15 minutes on it. So you're adding 30 minutes onto your commute by the time you've gone 15 minutes, have to go back 15 minutes and then get back to where you were. Yeah. And that's if I can. It depends on the circumstance. But yeah, if I can and I know I'm going to be 20 minutes late to this, guys, but I have to go back and get my phone. Great. But if I'm way beyond that and I'm like an hour out or I find myself at work and I'm in a meeting, I'm not I'm, I'm just like, I'll, I'll leave it alone. I'll leave it be. I can check in on people. I know a couple of phone numbers I need and I'll leave it alone. See, it's different for you because you've got young kids. And for me, if, if I had young kids and I didn't have my phone, that would not be OK. I wouldn't be able to handle it because uh, what if daycare is trying to get a hold of me? What if the school's calling? What if something happens? So that I'd want to be accessible 100 percent of the time. Now, I don't have young kids, and I would still probably have to drive a lot further than 15 minutes before I would consider not turning around. I've been almost here in Kitchener before and thought, fuck, I forgot my phone. I'm going back to get it. Oh, that's the worst feeling, too. And you know what? It just feels so counterproductive. So, such a waste. And it is a waste. Like, for one simple mistake, now your whole day is completely set off. This is a chain reaction that's going to go right till you go to bed that night. 10 minutes. The average person says if they're more than 10 minutes okay. from home, they won't go back and get their Not phone. Not going to bother, huh? Highway might make a difference too. Like if you're on the highway, yes. oh, I got to go all the way up to yeah. the next ramp before I can get off and turn around and come back, then I might not eat yeah. it. It might also depend on time of day. Morning rush hour, not a chance. Screw that. Afternoon rush hour, no way. If it's the middle of the night, I might go back and get it. But even at that, I'm a lot more than 10 minutes before I'll I'll say yeah. I'm not doing it. But we have other options. Just today, I was so impressed with Apple. I forgot my laptop. And I've forgotten my phone in the past, but I was okay because I had my laptop. In this case, didn't need my laptop because I had my phone. I can just access my files and email it to myself and use the stuff that I needed on one of the computers here. I love it when everything syncs together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Speaking of Apple, I've showed you the AirPods, right? I have AirPods. Do you? Yeah, I have AirPod Pros. Yeah, they're great. I don't mean the earbuds. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. What are those little round thing about thingies? The GPS trackers. Oh, tie aren't those? Are those tiles or is that a different brand? Tiles a different brand. Apple's got their own version. Okay, now. tags or something. Tags. Like that? That's it. They're Air Tags. Oh, okay. With all the cars that are being stolen in Toronto, one guy who drove a nice car, I believe it was a Range Rover. He was just on the Global News last night. He was talking about how he found his own car. He got some Apple Air Tags. He put one in the spare tire in his trunk. He put another one in the glove box, and he put another one between the seats in the basement. Sure enough, some asshole came around and stole his car. He tracked his car to uh, what they thought was a recycling facility in North York. Uh-huh. So the guy got there and, well, my find my phone, which also finds your air tags, says it's here. So the guy got the police to come. Police watched the place for a couple hours. Sure enough, went in. They said, show me your phone. Make those things beep. He tapped them. They beeped. Boom. That's your car. Confirmed. You'll get your car back in a couple of hours. And a whole bunch of people got arrested. That's fantastic. It is fantastic. We need more of we need more of that. That's a good idea. I mean, a lot. Here's the problem is a lot of people think their car isn't worth it. So they're just like, ah, fuck it. But it's 
right now, first of all, people are jacking cars like crazy, Mm -hmm. like crazy. This is the time to do it. I wonder why we don't have the opportunity to have insurance companies have this for us. Why is why is that? We pay so much for insurance. Why can't you include a couple of tags that we can tag on? Apple or not Apple? I think thieves are actually pretty good at trying to determine if the car has got GPS tracking. I mean, if they figured out how to get around OnStar and all the other GPS trackers that are in cars, I would think they could get around the AirTags. Now, this guy assumed that thieves knew how to get around it, too. That's why he put three of them in there, thinking, okay, if they find the one that's in the the spare tire wheel well, great. They'll, they won't even look for the one in the glove box or between the seats in the base or in the back seat or whatever. So this guy got lucky. Uh, good on him. And these things work great. It works off of a watch battery and it uses available Wi-Fi around it to do a location. Yeah, it's not it's like you need to have a subscription for it. I highly recommend it. I've got them on my keys and not once have I lost my keys since I put it on there. <laughs> have yourselves a great day, everybody. We will be back tomorrow with a hump day. Or is today hump day? I think That's today's weird. hump day. You know what it is? It's like tonight's hump. It's like hump night. Hey now. <laughs> hey now. Do with that information whatever you will. You have a great hump night, everybody. We'll catch you right back here tomorrow, you horny fuckers. <laughs> Everyone is talking about the Supreme Court after they made some pretty major decisions over the last few days. And uh, let me just uh, sum it up for you. They basically said, whether it's a gun or a baby, you're carrying something. Uh <laughs> I heard about a family in Idaho who came home to a roofless house after a roofing company got the wrong address. <laughs> the company was like, uh, good news, you got more outdoor space? Um, I like how the neighbor watched and was like, what a coincidence, we're both having our roofs replaced. <laughs> hey guys, I saw a new survey that said the perfect temperature for air conditioning during the summer is 64 degrees. That seems cold. 64 degrees is perfect if you're training Rocky inside a meat locker. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.